today I want to talk about the second primary quote that shapes my worldview. Before we get into today's topic, if you enjoy my content, then please do consider making a donation. Donations are always appreciated. Your support will allow me to be independent and be motivated to produce for you full time. Another good way to support me is by signing up for my newsletter, cmhostak.substack.com. The links to all that will be in the description or you can find it on my website, www.cmhostak.com. Thank you and let's get back to the show. I, I tried Googling who it was that said it. I thought it was George Carlin. Maybe it was. I just couldn't find the video where he was talking about it. I think it was George Carlin. Um, but through trying to figure it out, I have found that a lot of people are thinking in that same line of thinking. And um, the quote goes something like, if you're offended, that's your problem, end quote. And of course there are times it's reasonable to be offended, like when someone's trying to manipulate you or bully you or harass you or bring harm towards you. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's a right way and a wrong way to handle conflict. Is it a place where you have to let your ego show and you have to, you know, use your silver bullets, you know, for when you need to strike back, metaphorically speaking? Is it a matter of self-defense and you can defend yourself within the means of the law? Is it a place where you can escape the conflict safely and maturely? So let's talk about the times where it isn't reasonable. And it's so interesting because throughout time, um, American society has always gotten more soft. We're, we're always we're, we're always like trying to protect our, our ego, our sense of self from reality. I remember when I first got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, it was in like, I think 2003, I was 12, maybe 12 and a half. And I remember um, this coordinator from some mental health organization correcting me when I said, oh, I'm, I, I told her I'm bipolar. And she's like, no, no, you're not bipolar. You have bipolar. I'm like, well, to me, that's the same thing. And she's like, but you're not your disorder. I'm like, yeah, I, I know that. It's a part of you. I mean, I, it, it's funny how when we get into like linguistics, when we get into language, um, we, we tend to get more in contact with reality the more precise we're trying to be with it but we also get more away from the topic at hand the point the real subject matter by trying to be so precise and when we think about someone who's offended we think of the meme like a karen or a ken we think of like your average drama queen we think of your average chaotic person uh the bad kind of chaos like the good kind of chaos would be your friend who randomly invites you to go surfing. You've never done it before and you go do it with them anyway. Like, yeah, you know, it's a good experience. It gets, it's, it's chaos, but it's a good thing. It provides you a good experience. It gets you outside of order where it's necessary. 
And then there's the bad kind of chaos where people just inject chaos into your life by not minding their own business, essentially. And those are the kind of people, the bad chaotic people, the drama queens, the drama kings. Uh, they're the kind of people that need to be talked to and treated a specific way in order for them to be pleasant. It's like negotiating with a terrorist. Or maybe it's exactly like that. Because if you say the wrong thing, and usually it's going to be a valid contrary point in reality to what they're talking about or what they're doing. That's when they're going to get offended. And when people are offended, whether it be the bitter old people who shop at the grocery store or whether it be the young teenage drama kings and drama queens or whoever, um, if they're offended, they're going to do everything they can to provide you a bad experience. They're going to do everything they can um, to try to make you behave in a way they deem acceptable. And so they meddle in your business. Uh, that's why they, they ask you like a lot of nosy questions. Um, and sometimes they seem innocuous, like, what have you been up to? But you tell them that really cool thing you did on the weekend and they're secretly jealous about it. So they start gossiping about you or something like that. They, people who, um, get offended like there's two types of people well i mean everyone gets offended but there's two types of people who handle it differently so there's the maladaptive kind the drama kings and drama queens um they when when they get insecure about their sense of self or their sense of reality um they get manipulative and they behave inappropriately and they're very malicious and then the second kind of person is someone who realizes that being offended is their own personal issue and they t are mature enough to go, you know, I was wrong about this. I didn't think enough about this. This actually makes sense and I don't like it because I didn't want it to. And I'm going to humble myself before this person and thank them for teaching me something valuable. And I'm going to be open-minded and see the different potential realities I haven't even considered and have a more broad worldview and bigger perspective on things. And then there's, you know, like we talked about, like we established, the drama kings and drama queens where they think this person is slighting me in some way. This person thinks they're so much smarter than me. Um, they, they don't want to recognize the inferiority regarding how they viewed the world or how they viewed a particular topic or how they were conducting themselves. They don't have the maturity to do that. And it's interesting because when, when we get offended, it's, it, it's because, um, we, we recognize a weakness in us. We recognize insecurities about ourselves. We recognize that maybe we're not exactly what we thought we were and we're not exactly as smart as we thought we were. We're not where we, we're not on the, we're not going the direction in life we thought we were going because of our flawed thinking, because of, um, we're conducting ourselves in a way that is counter to what we actually wanted and we are faced with a choice to have humility and humble ourselves to recognizing that we were just wrong and we were weak in some sense that 
our sense of self was threatened by reality or just a contrary question or just a contrary point of view. And we see in today's culture that um, truth is often labeled as an attack. When, when you ask somebody a question and they don't like it and they're offended, they, they, they claim that you're attacking them. And specifically, it's the, the people who handle it bad, the drama kings, the drama queens. Um, or when you actually provide a statement that is more well thought out and it's more adherent to reality, they see that as an attack. And these are the same kind of people that believe in emotional violence, emotional assaults. That is not a real thing. And that's how, how far our culture has come in terms of becoming soft, in terms of becoming weak. We have people, grown adults, who can't handle being asked specific questions and cannot handle um, a different point of view. And I think this is exactly why a lot of great thinkers roll solo. Because when people are alone and they're comfortable being alone, that's where they're best understood. And when you have um, a lot of people in your life, I guess it depends on who you are. For, for me, five is a lot. Four is just right. But five is a lot. And more than five is a lot. So when you have a lot of people in your life, you're, you're going to be challenged a lot because even your closest friend is meant to challenge you in some way. We're meant to test each other's boundaries to just uh, do an assessment about like, well, is this person serious about this? Does this person know as much as they think they do about this? Um, these aren't attacks. Uh, and, oft and oftentimes um, people ask questions just because they're, they're curious what you think. More than anything else, it could be just as innocuous. And another reason for great thinkers rolling solo is so they don't have to deal with people being constantly offended and being um, manipulated and controlled by other people. They would much rather be alone pursuing their intellectual endeavors, being in contact with reality. And you don't necessarily need to be teamed up with other people in order to be a success nowadays, especially with social media. You just need to have really good content, good presentation, good delivery, uh, good conclusion, and get it out at the right time, the right place, around the right people, which can be really easy to do with different tactics and strategies and become a success, yes, through people viewing you, but I'm saying like, of course you need other people to be successful, otherwise no one's going to give you money. What I'm saying is you don't need to be partnered or be friends with anybody necessarily. You can roll solo and still be successful, you know, selling to your customers, right, your audience. And when we're around a lot of more people, we tend to um, accidentally offend people because we told the truth. When we don't have the humility to admit that we don't know the answer to something or that we realized we were wrong about what we were thinking. It's, we, 
we remove the option of having a constructive dialogue or a constructive argument. We actually open the door for conflict and unnecessarily maladaptive, unhealthy conflict. Though when we do have the humility to recognize that we didn't think enough or that we were wrong, when we have the humility to say that there was an error in the way we were thinking and that the other person has a better grasp on reality than we do, we open the door to a constructive dialogue. We open the door to a constructive argument where there's actually harmony and a healthy form of conflict to further come to a mutual understanding of what is, of the what is, what is reality. And, you know, a lot of people who get offended will want you to, they will want you to apologize to them for, for you offending them. Be, because the it, I'll just be straightforward. It's just arrogant. It's just, you asked me a question I didn't like, or you said a statement that I didn't agree with. And I want, I want you to apologize because I'm offended by this. I'm hurt by this. I'm angry at this. I'm this. I'm, I'm, I'm this upset about it. I'm this, I'm that about it. And, and it's like, well, how is it my fault that you're offended? It was just a question. It was just a statement. It was just a conversation. It's just words. I mean, yes, words absolutely have meaning and words can heal or hurt. But th there's a difference between asking a question to build an understanding and to build a framework of reality and to be on the same page. And there's a difference between <clears throat> having a counter statement because you have your own argument about why your idea of reality is better. There's a difference between those two things and just using it homonyms and slander and manipulation. There's a difference between those two things. And I don't believe in emotional violence. I think I think it's a crock of shit to tell you the truth. It's all bullshit. The Cairns and the Kens, the drama kings and the drama queens of the world, the terrorists of the world they get offended and they try to hurt you and they justify it through morality so they will inject chaos into your life deliberately and justify it through a moral lens they will get into your business and other people's business wreck things and wreak havoc cause chaos and justify it through morality you know <laughs> you know if you can be assaulted emotionally that I, I have no idea how you're going to survive on the internet alone. And this kind of arrogance reminds me of what some Christians will say. They'll say something among the lines of, only God can judge me. Do you not understand how that is the worst situation you could possibly be in? Only, only God could judge you? The man who scapegoated his son murdered his son to forgive us? And he punishes us, the creatures he made, for doing their own doing. That's an even worse situation to be in. And that's what it reminds me of. Because it's such a... It's such a power... Uh, it's a situation that deals with power. Where it's like, well, you hurt my sense of self, so I'm going to try to hurt your sense of self. I'm going to try to control you, make you submit to me, and apologize to me. 
because you said something that made me feel insecure. <laughs> Isn't that what a classic bully would do? Especially from like a 1990s teen bully show or whatever. A teen bully in one of those teen shows. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. And my advice to anyone who is easily offended or they have like an inferiority complex or superiority complex, my advice to people who personalize things easily and too much and too often, um, I would advise that uh, you take some time to be by yourself Provide yourself a good, good experience. Make yourself comfortable. You know, make sure you clean your room. Light a candle with a scent you like. Put on some music you like in the background. And uh, journal your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, your threats. And uh, build, build an understanding of what makes you strong, what makes you weak, what your capacity for success is. And what what's what's really a threat to your sense of self? And when you're dealing with your strengths, capitalize on them. Use them to help people. When you're dealing with weaknesses, uh, cauterize them. Learn to laugh at all your insecurities. Uh, learn to admit to yourself, at least yourself, what your weaknesses are, what your insecurities are, and realize that everybody has them. Everybody has all of those four things and they're going to vary for each person. And uh, nothing in life is ever personal. We, we just make it personal. Nothing in life is ever that big of a deal unless we make it a big deal. With some exceptions. I think scientists, experts have concluded that the odds of human, extinct, human extinction is between one and 20% chance or something like that. So I guess there are some exceptions. <laughs> there are some things that are a big deal, but when it comes to the day-to-day -day lives we live, we don't recognize how small we are. Like we're living on earth, the only hospitable planet around to my knowledge. And we're, we're in this giant universe that we barely understand. We barely understand our own oceans. And we're probably not going to be remembered 100 years after we passed. <laughs> okay. Like, like, we need to humble ourselves and realize what's really important. You know, getting your basic needs met. You know, do you have shelter? Do you have food to eat? Do you have an income? Do you have anybody you can call a friend or family member that you can talk to personally? If you have those four things, you're doing great. As far as I'm concerned, you know, it, it's just, you know, people aren't always going to behave the way we want them to. And we're not always going to be able to be the people that we want to be in every situation. We can't be everybody's everything. And sometimes we can't be everything to ourselves. And that's perfectly okay. No one's perfect. And the world is, and the universe is much bigger than us. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when it comes, so when it comes to cauterizing your weaknesses, it's important to just laugh at them. 
See why it's silly why you're insecure about things. See why you're strong in your strengths, why you're valuable, not just other people, but to yourself. See what makes you worthwhile, what's worthy of respect, what's worthy of honor about yourself. And the SWOT analysis, uh, that that's supposed to be for like businesses and stuff. I actually use that for self-help. And it served me very well in becoming a more stable, secure, confident person. And when it comes to being offended, I mean, I get offended too. Everybody gets offended by things. But we have a choice in how we choose to deal with being offended. Um, the first thing I do is recognize it's my problem. <laughs> it's not anyone else's problem. It's my problem that I'm offended. And it, it's a great indication that um, the other person's argument was better than mine. That person had a better grasp on reality. I'm jealous of that. And I have the opportunity to humble myself and say that's more logically coherent than what I was saying. Um, could you please walk me through how you got to that conclusion? And just build rapport, dialogue, and a better framework for reality. And um, questions can be tricky to deal with. I mean, I would never advise people to um, answer questions they don't want to. Um, only on some exceptions, I would say. That. Like, if you're in a very serious discussion and it's a critical discussion about what you need to do to get better, I mean, use your own judgment. But I think in that scenario, there are times it's worth taking the risk and learning to be mature about it and say, um, I don't feel comfortable with that question because it might be a loaded question. Um, it, it might be an inaccurate frame to put me in. Uh, could we rephrase it more like X, Y, Z? And, uh, you know, I think that um, how we conduct ourselves is key to dealing with how, why we're offended. Uh, because it's, it's a problem we have ourselves. So therefore, we should conduct ourselves in a way where we can be more confident instead of trying to um, handle it immaturely and hurt somebody else just because they uh, had a better argument, per se. And that's how that quote shaped um, my worldview. In a world where truth is seen as an attack and it makes people feel uncomfortable and unsafe, be very dangerous and attack everything metaphorically speaking, just be truthful. <laughs>